Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Actus Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to the clinical documentation improvement profession. Actus Radio is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. Today, Wednesday, July 18th, marks our 101st program. Thanks to those who made it out for our special 100th episode and glad to be back. So my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialists, and I'm your host for today's program, uh, CDI Technology. I'm joined today by my co-host, Laurie Prescott. Uh, Laurie is the CDI Education Director for us here at Actus in Middleton, Mass. She is the developer and lead instructor for the Actus Bootcamp line and is an Actus subject matter expert. She is also a former CDI manager and nursing manager with experience in med surge, ICU, PACU, and endoscopy, and recently authored a second edition of our popular CDI specialist complete training guide. So welcome to the program, Laurie. Thanks, Brian. Okay. Next, I'd like to introduce our, our guests for today. So we have with us uh, Marisa McClary. Uh, Marisa has dedicated her career to improving healthcare workflows through innovative technology with a particular focus on designing systems for physicians. Her commitment to improving the usability of technology for, for physicians led her to co-found Artifact Health Incorporated in 2014. As the CEO, uh, McClary leads the company to design easy to use efficient technology for physician Already in use by thousands of physicians, Artifacts Health's mobile query management platform streamlines the physician query process so that hospitals can improve the quality of patient records and ensure full reimbursement for services. Just by way of background and prior to her co-founding Artifact Health, uh, McClary established Health Tech Associates, Inc. From there, uh, from 2001 to 2013, she designed and deployed clinical applications developed revenue-generating hospital IT research programs, and established HIE governance infrastructures for organizations such as John Hopkins, EBN Technologies, Salar Incorporated, and the Mass Health Data Consortium. And I'm glad to have her on for her first Actus Radio. So welcome, Marisa. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Brian. Okay. And Marisa is joined today by Aaron Browser. So Aaron is the Vice President of CDI Solutions at M-Modal. In this role, uh, Aaron is responsible for managing the development and delivery of all M-Modal CDI solutions. Additionally, he's responsible for the identification and expansion of new solutions that utilize M-Modal's artificial intelligence technologies. This includes computer-assisted physician documentation, or CAPD capabilities. We'll be getting to a little bit of those today, as well as using natural language understanding, NLU, to improve case management, quality reporting, and population health management. So Aaron's been with M-Modal for the past seven years and has been bringing new products to market, leveraging the latest in technology for the last 20 years. Uh, he has an MBA and computer science degree from the University of Pittsburgh, and lives in Pittsburgh with his wife and three children, and I'm glad to have him on for his first Actus Radio as well. So welcome to the program, Aaron. Thanks, Brian. It's great to be here, for sure. All right. 
So as I always do, I'm going to start with a uh, poll question related to today's topic. I ask you to take a look at that and weigh in on uh, the, the answer that best pertains to you. The question is, how much technology do you use in your day-to-day -day chart reviews? So a little subjective, but we're referring, we're, the options we're offering are uh, none to minimal. Maybe you're using books, the actual code books, and or looking up things on your computer, Google, or otherwise. Um, would you describe your use of technology as moderate? Computer-assisted coding? Maybe some of the case prioritization software that's out there. Um, would you describe your use of software as uh, technology, excuse me, as heavy, fully automated, perhaps using an NLP or other engine and, and confirming some of the findings and markers that are being pointed out? or don't know, or not applicable. Again, how much technology do you use in your day-to-day -day CDI chart reviews? None to minimal, moderate, heavy, don't know, or not applicable. All right, we've got about three quarters of our audience that have voted, so I'm going to go ahead and close out this poll, and we will... Uh, Come back to the results in just a few minutes. Okay. As I mentioned, our guests today are Marisa McClary and Aaron Browser. Guys, thanks for being on the program and being a part of Actus Radio. So let's jump right in. You know, I thought we could start by maybe setting the landscape of some of the types of technologies available uh, to CDI professionals in 2018. Um, it's just so much available. You know, I ran through a couple options in our poll, but from CAC or computer-assisted coding to natural language processing or natural, uh, uh, even with, with yourself, Aaron, uh, natural language understanding, which couldn't be a little different. Um, tools that assist physicians in their day-to-day, -day, such as Marisa that you work with. There's a lot, so maybe we could just set some of the, um, the baseline for our audience. Do you want to? Maybe start with that a little bit, Marisa. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I, I agree. We've seen a huge uptick in solutions geared specifically to address CDI workflow. And you know, just judging by the tremendous growth of the the Actus Conference exhibitor floor over the last few years, you can see that uh, the innovation is happening in this space. Our company, Artifact Health, we chose to enter this market from the physician engagement perspective. We recognize um, one of the biggest challenges for CDI professionals is attaining physician responses to queries in a timely and efficient manner. Um, and CDI has become such a critical piece to the hospital revenue cycle. We wanted to make the CDI professionals more successful at their jobs. And one of the best ways to do this was to build technology that engages physicians, removes the burden around responding to queries, and enhances their participation in this critical workflow. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, and extremely it, important. Uh, go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think, um, as Marisa says, you know, the evolution of CDI and the importance, you know, I think when we look even back, you know, five, ten years ago, CDI tools were really just seen as an extension of whatever coding was using and, you know, maybe even just spreadsheets. And um, now the importance is really drive to 
provide solutions that solve problems for CDI, not just, you know, give them stuff that they can report back to the organization. And we're seeing that from everything of engaging the physicians, but also um, coordinating with coding, but providing the insight um, that CDI can use to make them better. Um, so, you know, even at Edmodal, we're, we're really focused on delivering a CDI tool that helps CDI specialists be clinical and, and really uh, accomplish their, their job uh, versus, again, just being kind of an add-on to some other system. So it's, a, it's definitely an exciting time. It really is. I'm always you know, blown away when I walk around the floor at the conference and see what type of technologies are available. Uh, it, it is an interesting time. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I, I think back about when I started in CBI and everything was done manually to include all my metrics. Um, you know, I, I didn't have any assist and, and looking back to what it was over a decade ago to what it is now, how are you guys, and I'll, I'll start with you, Aaron, how are you guys um, seeing technology change the role of CDI? And I think you kind of touched on that a bit, Aaron, that at the beginning we were kind of an extension of coding, but how are you seeing the profession change as a result of the technology that's available to us? Yeah, I think um, we're, we're definitely seeing a huge change. I think one is um, just for the importance of uh, getting information in a timely manner. I think before, you know, as you indicated, you might be able to do an analysis, you know, at the end of the month and try to figure out, you know, impact. You know, now being part of, um, you know, an organization, you know, revenue cycle is very focused on, you know, what's our daily census, what's the DNFB at any given point, those same type of demands are now being put on the CDI program to understand what impact they're going to have and making sure the productivity is there and also ultimately, um, you know, they can get to the information. I think the other huge advantage is now is the tools to help prioritize and find cases that are of importance for CDI. Um, again, before I think it was more coding driven where, you know, you'd look at where, you know, a certain um, DRG is. Now it's looking clinically um, and, and allowing the CDI specialists to spend more time, um, you know, focused on the clinical side and, and finding where gaps are. So those technologies now allow to highlight those. They're not combing through, you know, hundreds of cases to find those one or two cases they're looking for. Those can be, um, you know, bubbled up and prioritized for them automatically. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Marisa, do you have anything to add? Right. So I began thinking about the query workflow about 14 years ago, so back in 2004. And then I think there was this feeling that if a physician answered a query, it was, you know, what great luck. And there's an answer. Um, and there was not, <laughs> there's not the, the, there was not the expectation that there is today. And, and I think technology has done a lot to increase the sophistication around CDI workflow, as Aaron mentioned, um, and therefore heighten the expectation for physicians to engage in this process. So, for example, um, the automated tracking and analytics within the Artifact platform, we've added a whole new layer of, of transparency and visibility so that queries are tracked and physicians are clearly held accountable to respond. So now today, I think in most hospitals, it's, it's unacceptable for queries to go unanswered. And there are serious repercussions for physicians who don't respond. Excellent. I know Excellent. I wish I had those tools 10 years ago. 
<laughs> yeah, I think that's an interesting yeah. point, the the collaboration between um, the various groups. And I think the technology has really made that um, expand. I mean, uh, you know, we, we even use um, computer-assisted physician documentation to help the physicians um, with the standard, you know, specificity, the, the, the basic stuff that they should have been getting through education, which then, you know, reduces the need for query on those and allows, um, you know, your CDI team now to focus on the more complex cases and really use their clinical knowledge to drive those cases. And then, of course, um, as Marisa said, with the tools to query back and get the inter interaction with physicians in a much more positive way versus it's seen as a an issue to query a physician, uh, you know, the, the interaction and the collaboration is, is definitely expanded. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, just in the same vein, talking about some of the benefits CDIs, specialists, um, and organizations receive from technology. Um, can you maybe share some other of the other tangible benefits? You know, we, there's ROI, which is one. Um, increased efficiency, which is another, being able to get to more records or a more efficient manner. You know, some of the cool things that I, I have seen, been seeing in the profession are uh, evolving roles that are uh, for CDI professionals that are based more on data analysis, you know, data analytics or, um, you know, some of the quality metrics that you can get to because the more in-depth reviews and seeing quality positions created. So maybe I'll start with Marisa. Any Anything that you have seen in terms of tangible benefits that hospitals are receiving that have been able to make these investments in technologies? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our, our primary goal is to make the process easy and, and lightning fast for physicians, which leads directly to those tangible clinical and financial benefits of improved quality and integrity of the record, improved compliance, improved uh, response rate, decreased response time, all that ensures their uh, proper reimbursement. Um, but sometimes it's the intangibles that have been uh, even more exciting for us to hear from our customers, such as, you know, your platform boosted morale within our CDI team. You made the process lighter for us. We never used to collaborate with coding, and now we do. And, you know, my favorite quote was uh, from a CDI manager who said, you know, you turned us from harassers into educators. And, and it's, you know, those, those uh, intangible benefits are just, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, priceless, too. I like that for raptors and educators. I know that's that's great. Yeah, we've seen um, very similar benefits. Um, you know, just as far as when you introduce the technology um, in a way that's focused on solving the problem. So, you know, one of the areas, obviously, is to get physicians to document it correctly as they're as they're typing or, or dictating to the EMR. And we've seen um, by providing nudges, um, you know, really not throwing up alerts, but really, you know, letting them know that this could result in a query later in a positive way. We've seen a reduction of 30% of, of queries for the standard specificity staging. And then using that same technology to highlight um, where issues might be proactively to the CDI specialist, um, you know, allows them to get more done and focus on the cases that are going to have the biggest impact uh, right off the bat. So, again, they can feel like they're having a, a big impact and not just reading through case after case to find the one or two that, that needs to be there. You know, ultimately, I like to say it's kind of like we're, um, we're, we're, we're not driving the car, but we're, at, we're nudging and we're, we're keeping them in the lane and making sure they're not backing up into anything. Um, and, and that's really, um, I think, helps them get more done and feel like they're getting more accomplished. Mm 
absolutely. You know, Aaron, you're talking about the impact of um, CDI, and uh, you know, this is a loaded question, and you know the answer I'm going to want to hear when I ask. But given that these tools are becoming so much more sophisticated, and they're impacting our profession so much, do you think there's any danger of us being replaced by technology? Are old people like me going to be turning around one day to find out we don't have jobs in the CDI profession? Yeah, we don't see that. And if anything, we're we're making um, those enhancing the ability uh, for CDI to focus more on the quality aspect and and be able to address the more complex cases. Again, you're not chasing down uh, heart failure specificity, but now you're looking across the whole uh, patient record. You're able to instantly see the the lab results that pertain to that um, certain condition and allow you to be a lot smarter and do more with the tools we have. Um, every place that we've been involved with, it's about expanding the analysis and the investigation um, uh, for CDI. So I, I don't think anyone's going away anytime soon at all. Um, in, in most cases with artificial intelligence, it's really, you know, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take away the, the um, administrative tasks that you have to do, the cutting and pasting and all those um, burdens in cases and allow you to, to use your clinical mind to then expand what you can look for the way we see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with with what Aaron's saying. I, I think there'll always be a need for human intervention and preparing documentation for proper billing and coding. I, I think there'll certainly be better tools to assist in this goal, but I think it more depends on the, the future of our payment system and how hospitals will need to operate under an increasingly greater value-based model. And the other the other piece of that is sort of changes, I guess, in, in EMR workflow, I, I think will influence the future of the CDI industry and how how patient data is captured and displayed and reported. I think that those are the areas to really watch and how they impact um, the profession. Right. It's exciting. Yeah, just to wrap up here on a sort of a related note, um, I'm, I'm interested personally in how tools and, and people work together and, and sort of the nature of that collaboration with with uh, machine and, and, and individual um, you know I, I think technology is a, is a good thing in general I think it, it can be a double-edged sword in some cases um, you know we've heard of the encoder dependence for example uh, physicians now uh, using copy paste uh, sometimes appropriately but sometimes just carrying forth a lot of material that shouldn't be there or is duplicative uh, in, you know, in the progress notes and creating all kinds of issues. So uh, do you have any words of caution as folks that are really involved in the technology, the creation of some wonderful platforms, you know, any words of caution from you guys about um, how to balance those, how to balance the, the, the human with the, with the, the technology aspect and, and mm. become more efficient in your job? Maybe we'll start with mm. Marisa for that one. That's a, a good question. I, I guess my my knee-jerk reaction to that is I'm not sure CDI professionals need words of caution. I mean, from my experience, um, these professionals know exactly what the shortcomings of technology are, and they're very thoughtful and they're very careful. Uh, they know what the proper outcome of their work should be for the hospital and the patient's benefit. And, and what I love about CDI professionals is that they're not afraid to speak up. They have loud and, and clear voices when it comes to doing the right thing. So I feel like you know, they will safeguard their hospitals from 
ineffective technology and they'll just demand great solutions going forward. So I don't, I don't even think they need words of caution. <laughs> yeah, I think the, you know, I mean, it, it's an interesting point to raise. And I think, you know, we definitely saw with electronic medical records, um, you know, the, the goal was to get everything, you know, quick turnaround time, have it all clear. And, and, you know, you mentioned a couple things in there. You have, you know, copy and paste, note bloat, and, and there's some secondary um, issues. And I think that is something that, you know, we should continue as software vendors look at is make sure that when we're focusing on a problem, we're, we're solving, we're, we're focused on the outcome. You know, is it a case where we, we want to get um, higher query uh, response rates? Do we want to get more reviews done? Um, not put technology in for the sake of, of technology. Um, you know, we, we our, our current phrase at Modal is creating time to care because our, our whole focus is, is to get the providers, the nurses, everyone back to providing um, providing care to their patients and not spending time, you know, capturing information or banging away a keyboard. So we, we do have to, I think, be cautious about how we build our interfaces and making sure um, we're solving the problems and we're not just putting technology in the way. Good point. All right. Yeah, great stuff, guys. All right, let's um, let's bounce back to our poll question here. I'm going to share that with the audience again. We asked you all, how much technology do you use in your day-to-day -day CDI chart reviews? So here's our responses. Again, we had about 75% of our audience vote. 19% um, said none to minimal. So still going old school. The code books. Maybe computer references. Uh, majority, 46% would describe their use of technology as moderate, maybe CAC, or case prioritization. 30%, uh, close to a third, uh, would describe it as heavy or fully automated. Um, glad everyone has a, a good idea. No, no, don't knows. 5% not applicable. Again, not everyone on the show <laughs> is involved in chart reviews. So. Um, any thoughts there, Aaron? Do you want to start with that? Any thoughts on the poll or surprises or or no? Well, it's encouraging, I think, in the sense that um, we're seeing, you know, very similar things. You know, we're seeing the need to adopt more technology um, um, accelerating, and especially over the last two years. And I think a lot of it's driven um, based on the good work that CDI departments have done as far as educating the physicians, getting the you know, the basic uh, information out to the physicians to get, um, you know, standard query um, concerns um, done. Now it's taking it to the next step. Now we're we're going to the next level of, of cases. We're looking at quality aspects. We're looking at risk adjustment um, uh, types, uh, applications. So in those cases, I think now technology is definitely needed in order to, again, help prioritize, help automate a lot of the manual effort um, that was being done and we just see this accelerating again with you know the word of caution that sometimes um, you know you, you have to make sure you're you're driving to the right right outcome but we just see this um, definitely expanding over the next couple of years Maurice anything from your perspective on the poll I, I, I agree I think it's encouraging as well I mean, I, the 19 percent is um, is, is higher than I thought, but it, you know, it, um, it makes sense. I think that there are still hospitals out there that are not on electronic medical record systems. I mean, we still, we facilitate a, a, a 
a batch printing process for those hospitals as well. And we, we are always, you know, somewhat surprised when, when we do it. But, um, you know, it, it's uh, definitely expanding. And I, I think that um, the profession has become much more critical to the entire revenue cycle workflow. And I, I just, I, I agree with Aaron. I think it's, it's really um, moving in, in the direction of, of full automation at some point. All right. Well, thanks, guys. We're going to switch over now to our In the News segment. Uh, in the News, again, is a regular segment featuring, featuring the latest news and industry updates relevant to the CDI profession. So today, um, you should be seeing on your screen, I'm going to be talking about the release of another OIG audit related to severe malnutrition. Um, this was reported by Revenue Cycle Advisor, and right now I'm, I'm uh, pulling up the actual OIG report. So this is a um, Office of Inspector General audit of the University of Wisconsin Hospitals and Clinics. Um, and you should be seeing that on your screen now. Again, um, this was a uh, an audit that revealed noncompliance with Medicare billing requirements when billing for nutritional marasmus and other unspecified severe protein calorie malnutrition. Folks may recall we just did a Actus Radio on this not too long ago um, with another hospital that also experienced an OIG audit. Uh, this is another new one. Uh, this particular case, and I'm going to scroll down to just a couple of the details here, which are on your screen. Um, so this was a, uh, a, so the OIG for this particular audit selected a sample of 100 claims for severe malnutrition diagnoses. According to the OIG, they, that 90 of these 100 claims did not comply with Medicare billing requirements, resulting in over 560,000 in overpayments. Uh, the OIG used extrapolation based on their sample that and estimated the hospital received more than 2.4 million in overpayments in 2014 through 2016. Um, in that review, they said that uh, for two of the claims, medical record documentation did support um, support a secondary diagnosis code other than severe malnutrition, but the error did not affect the DRG. Remaining 88 claims, the OIG claims, um, the hospital reported severe malnutrition when it should have reported codes for other forms of malnutrition or, in some cases, no malnutrition diagnosis code at all. Um, and they, and they OIG claim that these, the, the documentation did not either contain evidence that the patient had severe malnutrition or that the diagnosis of severe malnutrition influenced treatment or the length of hospital stay. Uh, again, they did recommend that this particular university system refund more than $2.4 million to, uh, to Medicare. So, um, of course, there's another side to the story, and I would recommend reading this report in full. I'm going to try to scroll down to the hospital comments, which I always find very interesting to read as well. Um, and uh, uh, some of the comments reveal, um, uh, I'll make, it, make this quick here, that uh, so the OIG claimed it was using um, Aspen criteria to do some of it, its review. And they, they used an independent auditor as part of this review. Uh, but the, um, you know, the university claimed otherwise. And in an interesting rebuttal here, uh, they wrote that uh, the, um, 
OIG had not specified any discernible or objective standard to apply in diagnosing severe malnutrition. The hospital asserted its use of, of aspen and uh, its use of nutritionists and a process for capturing this and has debated uh, or has, excuse me, has um, has refuted most of these 90 claims. There was a couple that they admitted that there was an error, but in the majority of the claims, they're, they're disputing the OIG's findings. So in short, another malnutrition audit, we're, we're seeing these now. We know this is on the OIG's work plan. We're seeing these audits come out and um, each one's a little different, but severe malnutrition is, is the big target. I uh, would recommend reviewing this again with your with your malnutrition departments, with your CDIs and coding staff to make sure that you're capturing things in the right way. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of this stuff is very subjective, as we can see by the two opposing sides on this story. So maybe again, I'll just turn it over briefly to our guests to comment. Um, Marisa and or Aaron, do you have any thoughts on this report that you'd like to share, had a chance to look at it, and any any comments you have from from your side? Yeah, I mean, I would just say I'm echoing your thoughts. Is you know these these are coming all too common now, and then the subjective nature, not only of um, you know how it's the criteria, but even which conditions they look at. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. They wanted to repay the money. I'm sure they could find conditions that they're not fully getting reimbursed for that they probably still owe University of Wisconsin money for. But I think this just highlights the fact of um, the need to get information to physicians and nurses um, of the latest and what's happening. And not only look at codes and look at things, but look at what is the supporting, I think, um, language understanding can really help because it's not just looking at the structured data, it's really looking at clinically what are all the things going on across the whole record and highlight potentials where there could be concern that you would need more clarification or there could be a misalignment because these um, criteria change, how the government is responding to them change. So, you know, you need the tools in place that instantly notify the physician while they're documenting or the nurse while they're reviewing. Um, um, because the, the volume is just increasing, the, the m more burden is being put on the physicians to do this, um, you know, they can't remember all of these different things. They're just doing their job day in, day out. So I think um, that's really where I think technology can help um, avoid some of these uh, discrepancies. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would go echo that as well in that, you know, this is an opportunity for, for technology to come in and provide that education. Um, especially with, with guidelines changing rapidly. Um, CDI professionals uh, should have this education at their fingertips. Um, you know, so it's one of the things that we think about with our application. How can we provide the latest uh, information and, and definitions of malnutrition and, uh, you know, upfront while they're in the process of querying so that uh, they know what they're looking for? All right. Any last thoughts on this, Lori? Uh, you know, I just grab my head and go, oh, no, again, it's malnutrition. Um, it's, you know, this has been a buzzword for years. And and we we talk about it being pretty subjective. But if you look at that Aspen criteria, it's pretty objective criteria to follow and to assure mm -hmm. is documented in the chart. And that's that's what distresses me is, you know, if, if you look at the criteria, it's 
pretty well defined. Why are we still having a problem with this? And, you know, again, I think it's just education, education, education on everybody involved to make sure that the chart is demonstrating what we're actually seeing. And, you know, I'm listening to you two talk about technology. Technology can help because it can pull out that clinical validity in the chart that we may not be thinking to use to support these diagnoses that are being challenged. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's striking that the hospital is saying that in at least 85, 88 claims that they disagree. So it, it's, it's uh, and they claim to use Aspen. So more to come here with this issue, um, but thanks for the analysis. We're going to wrap up just briefly here with an Actus update. So Actus update um, is bringing you latest inside information, what's going on inside of Actus. Um, if you did enjoy um, the Actus conference in May, or maybe you weren't unable to attend, I just want to let you know as a reminder that we are offering uh, all of the sessions from our popular clinical encoding track as a webinar series. Uh, we are offering eight programs for one low price, uh, and if you can't see them live, they're being presented live by our speakers on these specified dates. We are going to be recording them all or offering them on demand. It's a great way to get CEUs. We have a number of uh, CEUs we're offering with this program, eight, eight CEUs, uh, eight, including CME, AHIMA, ANCC, our own Actus, as well as nursing and case management. So hopefully you can check that out. Um, if if you did attend the Actus conference, we do have that at, at, at a special price of 199. So um, check it out if you can. And and uh, also just on the webinar front, we are offering a um, another program, Actus Live on malnutrition OIG investigations with Viden Health. That will be on August 23rd. 23rd. You might want to check that one out as well. All right, well, that is going to do it for today's edition of Actus Radio. Um, we hope to see you back here again in two weeks on August 1st. My colleague, Melissa Varnavis, is actually going to be making a rare hosting appearance on that show. Uh, that program is going to be a, on our call for Actus conference proposals. So these are not open now, but they will be in a matter of a couple weeks. And Melissa is going to be sharing some best practice on um, how to submit your proposal as well as what our conference committee looks for and how to create a good proposal that uh, might make it to the podium and act us in 2019. So check that show out. And as always, if you have any suggestions, future guests, ideas about the format of the show, please send me an email at bmurphy at actus.org. Again, I want to thank Marisa and Aaron for being here again, and we will see you back in two weeks. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.